Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on Thursday, November 4th. LA Galaxy getting ready for the biggest Sunday in MLS history, the most unpredictable Sunday in MLS history. Then those unpredictable two hours in MLS history is coming to you on Sunday, and we're going to get it you ready for it. Galaxy facing off against Minnesota, whole bunch of other games in play. You need to watch them. You need to know what's going on, but they all kick off at the same time. It's going to be mayhem. You're going to love it. We're going to talk about the Seattle game, how the Galaxy got a point, whether that was good enough, how they played. Good, bad, all that stuff. A whole bunch of LA Galaxy news. Update on Dennis Closa as well. So, a whole bunch to get to. A lot of things to talk about. And to help me do all that, she's back. She's in action. It's Miss Sophie Nicolau. Sophie, how's it going? I'm trying to do the Chicharito goal celebration, but failing miserably. That's okay. That's okay. I'm I mean, one of the cool kids. I mean, to be honest, Chicharito only does it like 90%. Like he's <laughs> he's still about 10% off from like the absolute coolest of uh, of kids. Are are you excited for this weekend? Uh, yes and no. Nervous, excited. It's huge. There's so much at stake. It's I can't believe it's come to this at uh, the beginning of the season when things were going. You know, um, when the team was having a lot of personal issues, I think I said on this show, it's what's going to bring them together, you know, the adversity. And I think it's sucked the life out of them as well, because it was so traumatic, all the different scenarios and life events that happened to this team, new players coming together. I just cannot believe that now it has come to this when it could have been done and dusted a while ago. But that's football. It, it absolutely is. It's 100% football. I'll tell you this, um, that uh, the LA Galaxy, had they have won on Monday night against Seattle, and they were close to doing it, we'll talk about the game, but had they won, they would have clinched a playoff spot already. Um, so it was, but it was, let's not, let's not sugarcoat this and pretend that it was something that it wasn't. The LA Galaxy were as close to losing that game as they were to winning that game. And Completely so, agree. And so you, it could have gone either way, and the fact that they got a point out of it, and Greg Vanny said afterwards, I think that point might be very big. 
Um, he was correct. And I would hope that he did the math better than we all did the math because there were a whole bunch of people complaining, saying the galaxy can't control their own destiny. And and as soon as that game was over, I know uh, the hammer had his paper out and he was drawn out scenarios. And he was like, no, 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 the galaxy, if they win, they're in. It doesn't matter what anybody does this weekend. It doesn't matter what happens midweek. Nothing matters except for the galaxy winning. If they win, yeah, they're they in. Sh- they should have been winning earlier than Sunday. They, uh, You know what? I can't, I keep going back in my mind. You know, like the Colorado game at home. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the losing games or letting goals in at, at, at the 11th, you know, the real Salt Lake game. Mm-hmm. There's a few games you can pinpoint and that run of poor form at home where you go back and at the time we said, these are going to be the moments we look back on. These are going to be the points that you're going to kick yourself in the head if you don't make it in the end. But in a one-off game to pull off and have that bravado, which team would I put my money on? I would put it on LA, but everyone has to show up on that day. And unfortunately, collectively, Josh, over a period of time, they have not been able to do that. Yeah, I will say the first half against Seattle was one of their better halves that they've played in in, in, a, in the last stretch of games. I'll tell you one thing, and and just starting this off straight up, uh, Chicharito had absolutely one of the best games that he has played against Seattle in that first half. Um, and it was what was missing against uh, Sporting Kansas City. So it, it was, and Greg mm-hmm. Van even said it after the game, right? Is that that dyna- that that dynamic sort of ability to come in and control um, some of the time the Galaxy break out? Chicharito coming back and trying to do those things um, had really, really kind of saved them um, a, a little bit and made them dangerous in that first half. Second half, not so much, but at the same time. Uh, you were pinning Seattle into their own half and controlling most of the game right. against a very good Seattle team. But Josh, it's that football brain, right, that the team lacks because they've got so many young players. And let's be honest, there's there's a lot of immaturity up front when Chicharito isn't playing. Oh, yes. The bad decision-making, poor touches, poor second touches, um, not understanding when to release the ball, pass the ball, those moments. And he... For for you know for all of his struggles this season with injuries, when he has played, he has been a difference. He's too, he's a smart footballer as well as having the experience to be able to finish. His finish at the uh, was fantastic. That was such a lovely touch, and that's what he can do for this team. And not having him has been a struggle. He he's averaging a goal every 110 minutes, so just over one goal per game. Whenever you think about it, if he plays a full 90 minutes, but he hasn't mm. been playing a full 90 minutes. He's been playing, you know, 70 minutes, 80 minutes, and so that's an even better sort of stat. Whenever you start to put those those things together, he is capable of scoring goals, and he has done that. I know we talked at the beginning of the year. He said 15 goals was the minimum. Well, that was 15 goals in a 34 game season for him, right? This right. is, he didn't get to play 34 games. It wasn't even no. close. And he missed two months. And, you know, I think he missed like 11 games or something like that. In between there, you look at that and what he was able to do. He is outpacing most of the people who are in the golden boot lead right now in terms of goals per game and everything else. So um, <clears throat> for me, Josh, if he does it, yeah. if he pulls this off on Sunday and has the the, the, the game, game that we that he needs to, to that, be honest, for his legacy. Oh. I will eat that humble pie because I ripped him to shreds after the Orlando bubble. And at the beginning of the season said, this is it, man. He's got to show up. This is the game where he, he earns his crust. Yes. And if, if he pulls it off and gets and and I think it's a case of him and Araujo dra- and and in some cases Bond uh-huh. dragging this team into the playoffs. Oh, you have to. I mean, and, and by the way, uh, I said it in my story. Um, I said it about Jonathan Bond. I said it about, um, you know, I said it about Chicharitos. They saved the Galaxy's 
you know, butt in against Seattle. They 100% saved the LA Galaxy's butt against against Seattle. And if you go back to the plays that they made and were able to make over the course of that game, um, you can throw a couple other names in there. I think Araujo played well. I think that um, I think that uh, Jonathan Dos Santos actually had a pretty good game for where he's at. Still not to the level you'd expect from him, but had a lot of influence on the game and pushed some stuff. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of things. I agree with you 100% though. And I think this is the key for the LA Galaxy. If you want to talk about the most important player on the field for the LA Galaxy is Chicharito. Because if he is moving the way that he is, if he is working and has the work rate that he had against Seattle and it was tireless Sophie it was tireless it was going back and checking back for balls trying to provide that relief valve all those things if he has that game against Minnesota Mm -hmm. the Galaxy win that game easily it's it shouldn't even be close because they have more talent I think than Minnesota yeah I I would agree with that and at times you know he doesn't even though he may be frustrated he's very good at not showing that lately I think that sometimes he'll throw his hands up in the air but I feel like he's taken on a totally different persona since he's come back from his injury in that he knows he doesn't want to pull the Zlatan, you know, or making it obvious on the pitch when he's he's frustrated with his teammates. Right. Um, he's done quite the opposite. So uh, he, he's fundamentally important. And let's let's hope that he can show up and, and deliver on Sunday, because without him, I'm not sure where the. I don't, I'm not sure how this team can win the game. Well, uh, one of the things that I wanted to get to today is from Chicharito and the LA Galaxy put out a little ad and Chicharito's asking you, um, the fans, to come and be at the game. And I actually, I thought that they should have been doing this a lot earlier. This is the guy you want doing it. This is Chicharito. Chicharito's asking you to come to the stadium. He's asking the people who like him, who want to support him, and he's asking LA Galaxy fans to come to the stadium. They're trying to fill that stadium up on Sunday. And by the way, uh, you know, they, they talk about handing out flyers whenever like you're a comedian and you have to hand out flyers. And if you hand out enough flyers <laughs> with your name on the back, then you get some time to perform. This is sort of like Chicharito. He's got to go out there and chill a little bit. He's got he's got to try to, you know, try to round up some support and get some people going here. And we've seen by the attendance that it hasn't been great. Um, but the Galaxy very much need that. So I want to play this video. Uh, so before we get too far, just that way we can we can get it out of the way and also uh, so that way we can sort of set the tone for talking about Seattle a little bit more in depth here and getting through some Galaxy news. And there's a whole bunch of uh, amazing Super Chats that we have to get to as well. So um, having Lovely. said all that, let's get to uh, Chicharito's little thing. And the LA Galaxy gave this to me so that way I could uh, play it for you guys. So here is uh, Chicharito rallying the troops, you guys, the fans, uh, from Dignity Health Sports Park. Hello Galaxy family, Chicharito here. You know I come here to win championships and on Sunday we have a very important match to, to keep in the chase to that. You know, we need to qualify for playoffs. Everything is going to be in that game on Sunday. We want you guys as a fortress to feel the support. We've been feeling you all over LA, you know, mountains, beach, everywhere, you know. So we want to feel you, we want you to be with us so we can win that match, we can qualify for playoffs, and like I told you, fight for a championship. Come on. All right, there you go. A little Chicharito trying to get everybody fired up there. So if I never, I can't, did you get to hear any of that or was it quiet on your side? I, I never. No, I already, I already saw it today and I, I, I don't like that. You don't like it? You don't like trying to get people fired up for that? What, um, what else do you I just need? think it smacks of desperation. Yeah, they should be desperate. They had 15,000 people at, the, at one of the well, games, and we I'm know it's not funny. that. You know, I, whether I agree or disagree with it, um, this double vax situation and everything has affected attendance across the board in MLS. I don't know why. When I see NFL, the stadiums are packed. 
can't be the same thing then when I say that to myself. What is it? Why fans to even LAFC? Right. It was. It yeah. Was oh, yeah. Not- yeah, it was there was it was not full. I mean, the stadiums haven't been full. You've been seeing it. But, yeah, you know, I'm hoping that this gets another, you know, 5,000, 6,000 people. I'm hoping that Why the Galaxy... Why bring it out earlier? Why? I mean, it's like win and win and we're in. I like that slogan. Right. I love that. Easy, but, easy. <clears throat> yes. You know, very easy. Fire up the troops. I just don't think you put your superstar player out there like that. I mean, but maybe does it, I'm but getting old. I don't know. Maybe does, it's, does it hit differently though if it comes from for oh, so if Julian Araujo does it, does it hit differently? Like no, it, just don't do it. Oh, just don't just do win it. the game. Just you know, be smart and get bums on seats. I mean, that's, figure it out. It's been so long now since the stadiums have been empty. To be quite honest with you, and it's been a bit embarrassing for MLS in these clutch games. The fact that the stadiums are empty not empty but there's a lot of empty seats let's be honest and it's very visible on television and it does make a huge difference and i just think they've left it a little bit late to try and drum you know up the troops to go to games well i mean the the other part of that is that they've absolutely sucked for two months right i mean so so it's it would be difficult to say hey come to games while we're not playing well um they have they have staged a little bit of a comeback to me I, I think that a lot of times the the MLS teams and especially the LA Galaxy think that, oh, people will just come because we're the LA Galaxy. Um, and that has not ever been the case. Uh, they've needed stars and you need to use those stars in order to get people in the seats. Now, you have to win, too. And that's been the biggest thing that's been missing for the LA Galaxy, especially in the second half of the season. And so if you're going to do this, then you better win the game. Because you need some marketing, and the marketing is one to win the game, but it's also, hey, come out and support this team. We're ready to go. So this is where I have an issue with, I'm not going to say with MLS versus European football, South American football. You go and you support your team, right? If you're a season ticket holder, you go. When I see, when I saw, uh, when Arsenal was struggling and I saw empty seats in the stadium, I'm like, no, 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 no. You support the badge. Mm-hmm. You support the club. Mm-hmm. Whoever's wearing the shirt earns your respect because these players are going to come and go. The club will always be there. And I just feel that they need to do better. When you have Chicharito was signed for a reason to ignite the Hispanic audience first. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To ignite an audience second. Mm -hmm. And whether you're losing or not, he's supposed to be a star and he's supposed to draw people in. That's why you signed him. But it's not happening. And I know even when Zlatan was here, there were empty seats at times and stuff like that. Correct. Zlatan's second year had worse attendance than the first year and they actually made the playoffs in his second year. That's always an interesting little tidbit there. I, I, I love you know, Galaxy, I love the team there and stuff, but I think there needs to be a little bit, uh, not a reinvention, but kind of just putting my PR and marketing hat on. You've got to be able to attract fans in a certain way. And the truth is, and I'm sorry if this is too harsh, I really respect him as a player, but he's not been the draw that everyone thought so. Now, would he be the draw if he had another star player beside him? Like Dos Santos, who has regressed greatly. Yes, he does right. not put bums on seats anymore. He is not worthy of a DP player. And I love Jonathan. Right. And we've all loved him and supported him. But there's, I don't want to get into, I know I'm maybe derailing here a little, but 
there's a lot that needs to happen. And it starts with the Chris Kleins of the world. It starts with the people who can affect how this club is marketed, promoted, and who wears that shirt. And I'm sorry, but the players they've bought in, I don't, you know, I don't blame Galaxy fans. Their affinity is with Araujo. He's become the star of this team. If you're buying a jersey, whose name do you put on the back? I mean, you put in Chicharito's I mean, Bond, Araujo, who? I mean, being, I, I would say this. I would say that if you're talking about fans of the club who are there and who are watching right now, they're probably going to put Araujo's on. That's fair mm-hmm. because he is. But if you're talking about anybody else who's coming out who is not necessarily 100% been following this team forever, which, by the way, for the LA Galaxy makes up most of their ticket sales, um, are people who are not season ticket holders. I mean, it's by far and away. So let's give them the benefit of the doubt, and they're at 7,500 season ticket holders, which I think is like a 1,000 or 2,000 high from where it actually is. But let's give them 7,500, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, if you get 15,000 in there, that means 50% of your 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 tickets are walk-ups. Now, a certain portion of those are diehard fans that just do walk-up do walk up tickets or buy tickets on the aftermarket because it's cheaper than buying season tickets, 100% understand that but that's not the majority of that 50 percent probably 45 percent of that are people who are more casual than going to Mm -hmm. every single game and so those people are buying chicharito jerseys there's a reason that his jersey was what the second highest i think selling um you know and and so you know and look at sebastian legette sebastian legette had a high selling jersey he's a u.s men's national team player right but he's regressed this season too um, mm-hmm. so you, you do that. So I'm saying that when, when you talk about how European football, where you play for the badge, that's great because you grew up with it and it's certainly embedded in the culture. It's not embedded in the culture in LA. It hasn't been now there's 25 years worth of LA galaxy and that's great. And there's certainly people who have been there since the beginning. And we know that, but when you look at all the sports that get played on a regular basis in Los Angeles, you don't have that competition anywhere in Europe. But that's also down to how the club makes that happen. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and I think there are certain players and I, I you know, Chicharito, Leggett, Bond, Araujo, very likable players. Mm-hmm. They're the type of players that you feel like you can get behind and support. You know, Steres, I think those those days might be gone. And that, that's, you know, Cly- Sasha Kleistin became a fan favorite this season because, you know, even with his old legs, he was able to jump in and very likable. Right. I'm sorry, the new signings, fans aren't resonating with them. What do you feel Cabral when he wears the shirt? I mean, Grand Sir, maybe I do a little bit more. Right. Um, the new forward, hey, you know, I think he'll get there eventually. I just don't feel like Fisher. I mean, he's do you feel him when he wears the shirt? Do you I, I that I think that is lacking greatly. Yeah. But- and I feel like that's apathy that has been that has set in. They just don't know. They're not. And maybe that's partly Vanny's fault as well. I don't know, but sorry, Josh, I just, I don't feel, I don't feel this team feels yeah. the five star. Well, well, barring a few. No. And I will, I will say this though, that in their most successful time, David Beckham was part of that and he was a huge signing, but he certainly didn't feel the shirt whenever he came to Los Angeles. Um, well, he did eventually. Eventually, he did. Yeah, absolutely. He figured I mean, at it the out. beginning, he entered. It was a mess. I it, mean, the whole thing was a bit well, of a mess, wasn't it? And yeah. he tried to control things, and he learned very quickly that it's so he, different here. You cannot do that. No. And then he wanted to go on loan, and he went but on he loan. He got slapped by Landon as well. Like he, he learned did. the hard way. 
He did, but no, who's doing that here? But, who's but that's, who's preaching? Who's teaching? Let's remember him getting slapped by Landon did not fix anything. Bruce Arena coming in fixed that. That was of a course. divide, right? So he, just yelling at people. I mean, Zlatan came in. Zlatan absolutely 100% played for that shirt. You can say that. Star power didn't have the wins. It's the same stuff we've been seeing over and over again. I know the formula. Everybody knows the formula. It's very simple. It has been the formula since the beginning. And so far, it is undefeated in getting people in seats and getting crowds and winning championships. It is star power, right? And it is wins. You can't have winning, one with Winning other. solves everything. Winning up, up to solves a certain everything. Point, I am still convinced, and the Galaxy have never been able to prove me wrong, so I can, I can at least prophesize this out, is that if you didn't have star power on the team, but you had a team that was winning, that the stadium still wouldn't be full because in Los Angeles, that's not a draw. You want to see the stars and you want to see winning. The Lakers do it. 100% the Lakers do it, right? All the big teams in Los Angeles, the Dodgers do it. You have to have big teams. You have to have yes. winning. You have to be, have big stars and winning. It is the Los Angeles way. So anyway, I yeah. we're, we'll, we can argue about this. This is this is a good discussion, probably maybe more offseason. But um, I wanted to get to Seattle game as well, because this is such an interesting game for the Galaxy. And this was the game. If you looked at the Sporting Kansas City game and you looked at the Seattle game, you said, well, the Galaxy probably have a better chance of beating Sporting Kansas City than they do at Seattle. But with Seattle having a whole bunch of injuries with Seattle, um, not playing their best soccer. Eventually, you go up there, you go into Seattle, a place where they had not gotten a point in like forever, um, a place where they hadn't won, I think, since 2016. Um, Four years, yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a huge deal. And by the way, the Galaxy don't win when they go to Seattle very much. Even in the mm -hmm. playoff years where the Galaxy would go up to Seattle, they walked away with draws a lot of the time because they won on goal difference from the two-legged affair, right? So they were like, we mm -hmm. already we already won these games at home. Now we go back to Seattle. We're, we're, we're good, uh, the whole deal. So... Um, so, you know, this game started to be very interesting towards the end, knowing Will Bruin was out. But then all of a sudden, they're talking, oh, well, they're going to get Rui Diaz back. They're going to get Jordan Morris back. And to me, they're going to get Ladero back. And to me, I was like, good. Let them try to figure out how to play with those guys who have been missing for a while while they're playing against the LA Galaxy. So Greg Vanny put out a lineup. Um, I was a little surprised at one of these for sure. Um, and certainly I got called out. I was calling a whole bunch of people who were like, well, you can't start Nico. They're like, you can't start Nico in this game. I'm like, what are you going to do? Play without a left back? Viafania is just coming back. There's almost no chance that he's going to start um, and, 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 you know, go into this game and, uh, against Seattle on the turf after having a knee and everything else that it does, right? Um, but you get Fisher starting at left back, which I thought, um, I understand, Sophie, why Greg Vanny did it. 100% understand why Greg Vanny did it. Uh, I just don't think it was it was the right choice. But having said that, the right choice is what? To start Nico Hamelainen, and you know how much trouble he has with defense on that outside as well. So I don't disagree with him, but at the same time, you knew that was where the trouble was going to come from, was at that left back position, whether it was Nico or whether it was Fisher. And I, I think we saw that. I just... I just don't rate Fisher. I don't rate anyone who's played that left back position really this season. And that might be really harsh. I think it's been a troublesome spot. Um, but then again, Josh, you know how I feel. I think Williams is overrated. I just, I think the, the, I think Bond has done perform miracles at times. Sometimes. To be quite yeah. honest with you. Sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, and I know you and I may differ on the Williams front. Um, but he's fine. You know. He's fine for me. I don't, it, you can say you don't rate him. I'm, he was fine. He was fine in this game. Depew was actually fine in this game. I think both of the center backs, the galaxy didn't allow a goal in this game outside of the penalty kick that Fisher allowed. So for me, it's a successful defensive night um, outside of the left back completely folding and falling prey to Christian Roldan coming in. But you, you're you're a hundred percent right. The left back position has not been figured out. 
Um, there's no long-term solution for that. And putting in a, you know, a hammer line in there, that's almost why in my mind, Sophie, I'm really starting to lean more towards a three-man back line um, with wingbacks and putting a Rajo on the right as a wingback and Hamalainen on the left as a wingback because you can get some defense out of Hamalainen, but he's better going forward. Not great, better going forward. You can get a lot of defense out of Araujo, but he's pretty good going forward too. So if yeah. you go to a three-man back line with a, an ability to shift back into a five with Hamalainen and Araujo there um, and have a midfield of your choice of three guys that you want or four guys you want to put in there um, and then have Chicharito up top, to me, that starts to be more and more attractive as this goes on because you can put three center backs in there. You can put, you know, Williams, Depew, and Steris in there. Um, and then you still have two other defenders on the outside. You can stack Ravellison even in front. Um, somebody, by the way, said in the in the three-man back line, you put Ravellison in the middle and have him sort of play that and be able to push forward um, and do some different things. A lot he's of been things. good at points this season. He's he's been a he's been a bright spot at times. Ravellison. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, I know everybody wants more goals from him because he started off scoring goals like a crazy man. Um, but that's not really his game. But he doesn't have the support. No, no. The, I, the others are weaker than him. You're only as good as your your anchors, not anchors. Your wingmen. I, I think that uh, I think that Ravellison is supposed to be the six anyway, right? He was also he was always supposed to be the defensive midfielder. I'm fine with him scoring goals, but it's not what his job is, right? And yeah. if he had guys, you're right. If he had guys around him that were able to feed him the ball, especially in this game, I think Ravellison actually had Ravellison had one of the shots on goal that I thought might go in um, to give a Galaxy a you know a two goal lead at the time. Um, so, you know, Ravellison played well, you know, legit actually, I thought had a pretty good game, had a chance to go score in the first half. And quite honestly, Stefan Fry came up with a ridiculous save because that, that was, was a great save that was headed towards the corner. A lot of times we see galaxy shots that go straight at somebody, Sophie. That was not one of those that was, no. that was angled towards the corner. How many goals have the team scored from midfield this season? Do um, we, do we know that stat? Ravellison has, I think four. Or, um, question has a couple, um, but most of Legit. those are, are, are penalty Legit has how two. many? Legit has two. two. Dos Santos has one. One. Um, Efrain has two, two? Or, two or three. I'm trying to remember. I don't have them in front of me, so I, I, I can't tell you. Um, I actually can't tell you. I just have to look it up. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's not a ton. Um, and I would say that the, uh, that the LA galaxy are short in terms of having impact from that position, from that, Correct. that, that and, and you can feel that, right? Um, so for me, I, you know, I don't have a problem with how they've set up, especially in this with Lejet in there with Alvarez. I'll tell you one thing. I, I think in this particular game, Vanny thought Alvarez and the combination with Araujo was going to make it like a... Um, was going to make it really hard on the right-hand side for Seattle. And Alvarez, to me, disappeared a lot in this game. Uh, he had a couple good bright moments there for, you know, start, but whenever you're going up against a physical team like them, uh, like Seattle, I think that Alvarez is not the right choice in that position. And so uh, mm -hmm. getting Grand Sur on certainly I thought was a, was a good start for the, for the LA galaxy. So, I mean, again, I don't have a whole bunch of problems with how this ended up and how Greg Vanny even utilized his subs. Now there's a lot of people who are questioning this though. Uh, so, and you know, bringing Alvarez off in the 63rd along with uh legit off in the 63rd and bringing in Grand Sierra and Vasquez, I thought were both good subs. I thought they were appropriate at the time. Um, you know, the galaxy had just gone back to one, one, the most important thing. And I know people really didn't like this was to make sure to secure the point, but Vanny didn't really set that in motion until about, Mm, the 80 the 78th minute whenever they brought question in to sort of be that that 
that other midfielder for Jonathan Dos Santos and sort of calm things down. So um, for me, I didn't have problems. I know the biggest one everybody's angry about was Dan Steris coming in in the 88th minute for Chicharito. Um, and that that's the one where everybody's like, well, he's parking the bus. Yeah, he's parking the bus. Did, if you just watch the second half that Seattle had. <laughs> I mean, they, there were only like a few minutes left. Right? I get that. Right. It's like, make sure you get the point. The point was very important. And I don't think we realized how important it was at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Vanny understood the point was important and putting that in and doing that. By the way, as soon as they brought stairs in, they had like two or three really good chances um, on offense. So however that shifted things, however, maybe Seattle thought that Chicharito was moving away and, you know, oh, we can take it easy now. They put in a defender, the whole deal. Well, they fell apart. The Galaxy had two or three good offensive opportunities as soon as Steris came on um, and they almost stole it there at the end. We Do we have to... I think it's important to talk about Cabral's just ridiculous miss um, there at the end. So Jonathan Bond saves the the header, um, which is, by the way, one of the best saves uh, that he's had all season, uh, especially for just the timing of everything, right? The timing of that save was gigantic. Um, your second minute in the stoppage time, um, you go into this and, uh, you know, the, realistically, like I said, Seattle could win this game and they should have won this game maybe a couple times. They hit the post and the crossbar three times in the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bond tips the one off that's definitely going past him and into the back of the goal. He tips that up and it goes off the crossbar and bounces back. And then the Galaxy start a counterattack. Uh, I think it's Kleschen and Araujo uh, are streaming up the, the right-hand side. Cabral gets it. Deeks one guy, which is great. By the way, I want to say before we get to um, just you know, bagging on Cabral because it's going to come. It's it's happening next is that I thought he had a very good game up until this point. Um, I thought that he was strong physically. I thought that he held the ball up whenever he needed to. I thought his turns were usually good. He kept the play moving uh, his passing at some points. Again, you talk about it all the time. So if I think you're 100 percent right, it's his second touch, not his first touch. His first touch is usually very good. His second touch let him down a couple of times. But overall, in the balance of things, I thought he was having one of his better games. Um, mm. in a game where he wasn't necessarily always dangerous, but he was finding himself in some good positions and keeping the plays moving. I don't like it whenever offense goes to die. Sometimes it goes to die at the feet of Kevin Cabral. But that counterattack, you have a chance. You're but three on one. that's why he's a, he's a DP. Yeah. These are the moments. Young you DP. You, he's a young you, DP. I don't care. It, it matters. He, he's done it all season. It matters. It, no, no. His end product has been beyond average. I mean, I mean, it's been below he, average, I believe. I agree with that. Be, beyond average, below average, call it what you want. In that moment, that that's the moment you earn the big bucks. You've got to deliver there. All you have to do is find a player. Yeah, he has two. You had all the time, all the space in the world. It would have been euphoric if he'd have just made the right pass and he couldn't do it. And he's done that all season. And I'm sorry, I just don't see it. This whole, like, give him time, give him next season. I just don't see this player contributing to this team. He has moments, and those moments are so fleeting that, to me, they are not worth the investment. I just don't get him at all. I, 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 mean, I, 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 I To me, he's a very average player whose end product is really poor for the money the team is paying for him and, and the label of which he came in to the side. I agree with that. I agree so far that he has underperformed everything that he has had. There's there's no way to there's no way to say that, right? But at 22 years old, I think that and coming from a country and he's never played here before, I give him a season. He ha- by the way, he's on a five year contract. He gets time. 
It's not a matter of, I, I like people thinking, oh, well, you can't give him next season. He's going to get next season. Now, after next season or, you know, halfway through the season or three quarters of the way through the season, if things aren't working out, the Galaxy have to figure out a way to move him. Then it's a ba- bad contract. But as of right now, it's not a bad contract. Uh, it allowed mm-hmm. you it allowed you to sign Araujo, allowed you to sign Efrain, it allowed you to sign Jovalich, right? And so those things all contribute to the LA Galaxy's, uh, you know, ability to compete in the league. So up until this point, yes, he can become an anchor. And at five years, that could be a huge anchor for the Galaxy, right? It's like a, you know, a people. Uh, a people contract, right? Where a guy you have is paying, is getting paid all this money and he's like this weight and this anchor. It's a, it's a Shelvick contract, right? They, that could absolutely lead into these things. The only thing that I say is that I hope that the fact that he missed that pass was a decision-making issue and not a skill issue. Because if it's a decision-making, because realistically, I make that pass a lot earlier than he did. He waited way too long. Um, if it's a if it's a decision-making thing, you can fix that. If it's a skill thing, then you have more problems with that. I have a but feeling it's he's, a skill he's thing. But he's had problems with both all season. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. So, I, and I know this argument about 22. Okay, there's some 22-year-olds that are really super talented and really mature and are a lot better technically on the ball. Amazing. Some of them are, are amazing. Absolutely, right. 100%. But we also... I mean, he's just, he's just a player that I just... Don't in that moment. He's the last player when he when he got the touch when he got the ball. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's the last player this team needs right now to make something happen from this counter. I'm, the last player. It, I mean, you, again, you can't you can't miss that play, and that's one of the reasons that you know the Galaxy don't get three points from this. So one of the reasons they aren't already clinched. Having said that, mm-hmm. the one point that you, the one point that you get <clears throat> is huge, right? That that now allows you to control your destiny. Um, you know, I don't know that Cabral figures into this Minnesota game, at least not from the start, right? You look at where he started up next to Chicharito. In my mind, Vanny's going to rotate something and do that. Vanny saw what happened. I think he was disappointed as well. And so, um, you know, you, you can see it. And I think that uh, Kevin has been sat on the bench before. And I think that Greg will continue to sort of use that carrot and stick to figure out how to best how to get the best out of him as they go. And you're right, as as a designated player and the amount of money that they're spent, you can't write it off yet, because if you write it off now, you're writing off a five year contract and a, and a whole bunch of money. But you do you do understand that there are limits to the generosity that is given to you um, throughout these next, you know, 34 games that he plays. Uh, right. You know, you get I've seen players struggle in Major League Soccer for their first year. And I've seen them come back in the second year and understand it and get it t- together and put it together. So for me, it's not a lost cause, but he's trending towards lost cause. And that's a consideration that you have to look into in the offseason about what you're going to do in these positions and how you're going to go about and filling spots. Remember, there's a designated player spot that's more than likely going to be open. Jonathan Dos Santos has an expiring contract. It's unlikely right now the LA Galaxy resign him. So there's going to be a designated player that comes in probably this winter or possibly in the summer um, for the LA Galaxy. And what position is that? I think a lot of people think it's going to be a number 10. I would Mm -hmm. kind of agree with that. Um, but there's a lot of things that you also have to weigh into consideration, which is, is Cabral going to be a long-term stay for you? And if he's not, do you look for a DP winger um, that can fit maybe with how you're trying to build the team after Chicharito um, looking past sort of just this, this moment? Um, so anyway. I would, I would, I mean, that's a whole other show. We could do that in the off-season maybe, but I think this team needs a lot, and I would actually be going after a forward I don't think you can rely on Chicharito next season. You can't have it's another a, you, year you, older. You you can't have another DP forward right now, though. No, no. I'm saying like I'm saying that it's a shame that there's no room to maneuver on that because 
you can't rely on him. He's going to be injury prone and he's a year older. Absolutely. Can't rely on Cabral. Jonathan Dos Santos is done, I think, in this type of football environment. You know, you've got a lot of issues. I think so. If you really want to be competitive next season, he needs to... He needs a little bit more, something a little bit different in order to play the way he wants. You don't have that much flexibility, though. You realize with seven, I know, with 17 I know. players coming in this year, I'm saying like this is my opinion, but right. it's based on not being able to do anything about it, which right. sucks. Yeah, my, because I think they've made some foul moves. I, I think uh, Mike Gray has the best solution. Just sign Messi. I think that's really the answer. I think. <laughs> and and I agree with that. Well, uh, he's bought an apartment in Miami, so that's not uh, that's not happening anytime soon. He's he's rich. He can buy an apartment in every city that he wants. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. He can have one in L.A. He can have one in Miami. He can put one in Cleveland if he wants. I don't know why he'd want to, but he could. Uh, by the way, a shout out to uh, to Sev. Sev gave us a five dollar super chat. I want to try to get through some of these super chats here real quick before we move on to some of the L.A. Galaxy news. Um there are a whole bunch of them at the beginning. Uh, Christian gave us a $5 super chat and says, what's the galaxies uh, need to maintain consistency through the playoffs when they make the playoff. So what, you know, what do the galaxy need to maintain consistency throughout the playoffs? I, I honestly think it's Chicharito is the key to a lot of that. If you want consistency from the galaxy, he needs to score goals and he needs to give you the effort that he did. If that happens, um, the galaxy are in a much better position most of the time. Uh, I want to get to Patrick here as well. Uh, he gave us a $5 super chat and says we control our destiny because Portland shellacked RSL. Portland are dangerous. Portland is a dangerous team. They're also mm -hmm. very inconsistent. And I think the galaxy handled them very well um, on the balance of things. I think the galaxy, whenever they went up to Portland originally, Sophie, and were looking very dangerous in the first half until Derek Williams upended Andy Polo and ended that dude's uh, dude season. Uh, the galaxy were the better team through that first half. So Portland doesn't scare me as much as some of the other teams. Quite honestly, Colorado scares me more than Seattle or Portland just because, um, and Sporting Kansas City scares me more than more than Seattle and Portland. I think the Galaxy can compete against that. And then uh, Tony, by the way, gave us a $5 super chat and says, hey, Josh and Sophie, what are your thoughts on DTK's signing into the 2022 season? So we're going to talk about that as well coming up here. So thank you all for the super chats. Uh, Galaxy get a, uh, get a draw out of Seattle, which was a good result for them. And all in all, everything looking at that, uh, whenever we look at the team of the week, there were two players that stood out apparently to the voters. I don't get to vote on this. I don't actually know who votes for team of the week. Um, but Chicharito made the team of the week, as did Nick DePue. Nick DePue got the assist on Chicharito's header. Uh, that came off a corner kick. So all the people who were like, no more short corners. There you go. It wasn't a short corner. They flicked it in. Uh, Legette put it in. Uh, Depew headed it back. And Chicharito chipped it over top of Fry's head, by the way, with great move. Just And by the way, what was Seattle <laughs> doing? I think three guys ran away from Chicharito in that particular one. So team of the week there for the uh, LA Galaxy to get two players on it because of that Seattle game. Then there were midweek games we know of. All those midweek results basically ended up helping the LA Galaxy. Um, so we are where we are right now because of uh, those midweek results and, and things. Now, Sophie, something that came up that you and I got to vote on, um, and we can talk about our, our public votes and everything that, that if we want to, uh, the LA Galaxy Team Awards, uh, you and I both get votes in this, which is fun. Um, and so we're more than happy. This is, we get to vote on two things and two things only. We get to vote for Player of the Year, and we get to vote for Defender of the Year. Those are the two things that we get to vote on. Uh, you'll remember that in one of these where Giovanni Dos Santos won in 2016, uh, that even though they list him as Player of the Year, uh, he was voted Player of the Year by the fans and not the media. And that, to my knowledge, is the only time that the fans have picked one. And he wouldn't have won had the media voted. Yellow Von Dom would have won both Player of the Year 
and Defender of the Year. I know because I pulled the media. Um, and that would have been the first time in LA Galaxy history that a player was the Player of the Year and Defender of the Year. But it didn't happen. So that means that this year, Sophie, can be that history. Uh, <laughs> talking to some of the people. So um, I think we both have our number ones on each of those. Now, the hardest part, by the way, and you solved this issue way better than I did. Um, the hardest part about this is that we have to rank them one, two, and three. I had one very easily and I had one and two for most of them very easily, but finding a third for both of these was sort of like, Oh, okay, I guess we're going to, we're going to try to do that. Um, so for my defender of the year, I had Julian Araujo cause duh, um, that's not too bad. I think, uh, my second in charge of defender of the year was probably, uh, Jonathan bond. Um, and then third was probably Derek Williams, but really the drop off from two to three is so massive. I don't really care. It's, it's in there. So one, two and three were mine for defender of the year. How about you, Soph? Oh, I think you're still muted. Yep. No problems. I got you. Well, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you figure it out. Um, nope, I don't got you at all. So I don't think it's on my side either. So just double check that for a second. Um, I'll go on and tell How you. About now? Yeah, I got you. Now? Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. you're good. okay. Right, cool. Yeah. So I, I did something. I'm going to admit it publicly. Um, I voted for Araujo. You, you get three votes, as Josh said. I voted in first place, Araujo, in second place, Araujo, and in third place, Araujo. Very, very good. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree, by the way. And then that, that is correct. Um, I don't know. I wonder how they weigh that in because they do it sort of as a weighted vote. But that's fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know if he'll get all of the points. Right. For, no, for he all won't. All of that. He, he, he shouldn't. But, but um, yeah. let's just say, you know, Kevin enjoyed it a little bit. That's that's good. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin over at PR for the Galaxy. So that was that. Then there comes player of the year. I had my one and two very easily on this. I don't know who the third is. I'm sure I threw a name in there. I don't really remember. It doesn't matter because, again, the drop off for me is so stark that mm -hmm. it's not close. So my number one, the only two correct one and twos are Chicharito and Julian Araujo. Those are the only correct. Those are the two you have to choose from if for your player of the year. And we all know a hundred percent that that the answer to that for player of the year, the number one is Julian Rajo. He is the player of the year as well. He has been the most consistent, most dangerous, most effective player. The LA galaxy have had this year. Chicharito had he have not missed two months would probably beat him out just because of the amount of goals that he scored Agreed. and how important he is to the team. But this isn't an MVP. This isn't the most valuable player. This is player of the year. And for me, the one who's been the most consistent, who's shown, you know, the ability to fight game in, game out, and to affect games game in, game out, has been Julian Araujo. Completely agree. He was my number one choice. Yeah. And 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 was your, who was your number two? Do you know? Uh, Chicharito. Chicharito. And do you remember a third? I don't. I think I put Ravel in or something. I put Bond for That's my fine. third. Perfect. I I. Again, the, when you get to three, I'm always like, eh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so that's something there. So the LA Galaxy Awards coming up, Fan Appreciation Day on Sunday, uh, the 3 p.m. kickoff for Minnesota. That's where you can find Fan Appreciation. They will announce these awards. Um, I feel like I can tell you that for the most people I've talked to, Julian Araujo wins both of those awards. By the way, he's also nominated for Humanitarian of the Year and could win gonna, that and mm -hmm. should win that. Um, mm -hmm. as well. And, uh, he's named like, you know, the humanitarian of the year in MLS, which he should probably win as well. So, I mean, the, <laughs> we should just do this to make sure this guy stays in the league, please. I mean, he's in LA. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, well, well, he's on another level. You know, this he's, is, he's just got the whole star quality about him too. He's just a very likable guy, right. but he's a very, very good footballer. Yeah. And, and he is, and and he's he, he always try. He's always in there. He's always in the mix. He always tries. He's 
played so smart this year too. Mm-hmm. Um, just that increase. Uh, e Super says, yeah, but without Chicharito's goals, we aren't talking about the playoffs. Yeah, well, without Julian Araujo's defense, you aren't talking about the playoffs either. This can be very. If you take Julian Araujo off this team, the Galaxy don't play that well. When Araujo missed the was suspended for the game, did Julian Araujo get? He missed a game. Um, yeah, early yeah. on in the season. It was, well, not only that, but they're against Dallas, right? He yeah. missed that Dallas game. What happened to the LA Galaxy? They drew. But but also you could you could say you said it, Josh. I get that. I get that sentiment, right? Um, but if if Chicharito didn't miss the two months and he was playing and he scored more goals, there's no doubt that he would edge that. Yeah. But you you can't. I I think in this situation. You know, they say defense wins championships. Is is that only in certain sports? I, I I just always think that someone like him, not only is he brilliant a defender, but the way he also instigates attacking plays, it's fundamental to this team. I it's th- he he's the best player this season. I think, and let me just double check it to make sure. Yeah, Julian Araujo has the most assists on the team. Just FYI, with six. Uh, Samuel well. Grandsir has five. Uh, Legette has five. Vasquez has five. Kleshin has four. Julian Araujo, as a right back, has more assists than all the midfield. It's crazy. Um, that, that's, I mean, and that's, that's again, he affects every single game um, that he's in. And when he's not there, the Galaxy suffer. Um, you can certainly see that. But in terms of player of the year, he's absolutely the guy who who it wins it. And I don't think it's even close. I would um, make him captain next season. I wouldn't have a problem with it, except that he might not be here next season. I mean, you want to talk about no, a drop? Do, really? Do you, you want think? to talk about a drop off whenever you don't have Julian Araujo, one of the best right backs in Major League Soccer, not with your team anymore? And you see what happens in second. Now, listen, you'd have to go out and find another one at that position. You don't have it's not like you can provoke promote one of the backups. O'Neill Fisher is not going to be your starting right back. He can't be. Right. And because there's too much of a drop off there, he could be a backup, maybe. Right. Maybe he gets some minutes, maybe he gets some cleanup minutes, maybe he does some stuff. I understand. Listen, uh, on every team, and this is especially true in Major League Soccer, you need guys who don't get paid that much and who clean up minutes. And you you have to have those guys. And Bruce Arena was very effective at finding those guys. Um, look at even Adam Chrisman. I mean, you look at Chad Barrett in some cases, too. I mean, just finding guys that don't make a lot of money that make impacts. Uh, for the LA Galaxy. But look at what Bruce was also able to do. Robbie Rogers, Sean Franklin, AJ De La Garza, Omar Gonzalez, Todd Donovan, um, Ashley Cole before he left. Uh, also, do you remember when I Ashley- would say we're still missing Ashley? Oh. <laughs> Man, wouldn't you love to see Ashley Cole out there? I mean, yes. How how uh, spoiled, how spoiled are the LA Galaxy that they had Todd Donovan, who was one of the most solid left backs in Major League Soccer for years and just totally underrated as a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, should have played at probably national team minutes, just, but be, he's just not flashy, right? He's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He was borderline. He's not flashy. He just does his job, right? So you had Todd Donovan at left back. And then whenever Todd Donovan wasn't there, and yes, you went through some things, and you did something, you have Ashley Cole. I mean, come on. Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole and Zlatan Ibrahimovic played on the field together for the LA Galaxy. Everyone saw it's just nice to remember that. Was that. Fun. It was fun. That it was, was fun. And Ashley redeemed himself, you know, in the manner in which he left the Arsenal and went to Chelsea. Um, you know, he redeemed himself. And I preach about Ashley to the Guna Nation because he was always great with the media, I thought. Always friendly. So nice. Super cool guy. So nice. So knowledgeable. One of, Again, the, see, one of the smartest characters. guys. You're talk- also talking about characters, Josh. This team has no character. Yeah, but you're, what? Al- but you're also Greg talking. Vanny, I was raving about Greg Vanny, Greg Vanny at the beginning of the season. And I do believe that he is the right person for this job. But sometimes he's trying to put square pegs in round holes. And I get it. It's new. But come on. You've got to have it figured out by now. And I- you also have to adapt to the players you have. 
I know you want them to adapt to you, but he's very stubborn like that. Yes and no. I mean, the other thing is, and and like, let's talk about Fisher, right? Because that's uh, clearly a square peg in a round hole. Well, Hamelinen isn't your solution there either, right? Well, that doesn't Mm -hmm. work because he's not a good enough defender, right? And so, and Viafania, you can't put him in there, even though I think he's probably the most solid defender they have at that position. And I don't think it's even close. I think he's a very good defender. You miss something offensively, although he does get up and down the field a lot. But Viafania there, but you can't play him there. Right. Because he's coming back from injury. He's not ready to sort of be there. So he's been out with injury. So you don't have so you don't have a left back for this L.A. Galaxy team. I don't mm-hmm. fault him for putting Fisher there, knowing that he had to try something because otherwise you have to go into the, the three man back line or the five. I mean, man. They're, they're, they're the ones who like you'd be better at recruiting then be better at be better. hundred percent. Hundred percent. Right. You can't keep making these excuses. You know, um, I know I compare them sometimes, but there's moments when, as being an Arsenal fan, I just knew our level of arrogance in a good way that intimidated other teams. You could go put a bet at the beginning of a game, and you were you just knew you were going to win the game. Mm-hmm. LA Galaxy have lost that. Yeah. And I think Greg Vanny for me was the guy that was going to bring that back. But the problem is not him. It's the players they've recruited and they've lost that bravado. They haven't had it in a while. They have it in spurts, but it's gone from thinking done deal today. This you can, you get that feeling, you know, you're not going to lose. And that just doesn't exist anymore. And I don't think that I don't even think, I think he sells the play as well because he's he's in a situation. He's got to believe in them. They've got to get through this. But I don't I don't believe for a second he thinks that he's got all the players that he needs. No, I just don't. I, and I don't think. Listen, I don't think you're gonna. There's no such thing as a sure thing. You're always going to have to take some calculated guesses whenever you're bringing players in, and we see it across the world. Um, for everybody. And so, you know, you're going to have a certain number of misses, right? And so your, your hopeful thing Mm -hmm. is you're trying to get more hits than misses. Uh, whenever you bring in 17 players, it's going to be a mixed bag. It's just the way it is. That's how player development is. That's how players coming in and you have to figure out how to play them as well. But Josh, it's been a mixed bag for too long. Yeah, but that's not Greg Vanny's fault. And no, and, I never said it. Yeah. I said I said that he's he's dealing with what he's got. Absolutely. But he's he's also been involved in some of these. Yes signings yeah i mean you right. can look at the 17 players that get brought in and have a fairly good you know it's part of his administration that brought that in right it's part of dennis DeClose's administration that they brought that in i mean if you go back and even looking at 2018 by the way um and you look at how good that team was in 2018 with ola kamara mm-hmm. and with zlatan ibrahimovic and with ashley cole and with ramon alessandrini I mean, there's there's reasons to sort of sit there and think and you go, there's no reason that the LA Galaxy shouldn't have been better. They, than they had they were. a bad coach. They didn't have, Sig- they didn't Siggy, have the right. Yeah, coach. Sig- Siggy wasn't getting it done. Right. And no. and we saw that. And that was that was towards the end and it ended up going away. And that's the thing. But I mean, you know, it takes so many things to line up to be good. And look how inconsistent the Western Conference has been. I mean, just look at Seattle right now. Remember, Seattle was untouchable. Seattle's not mm-hmm. untouchable right now. Seattle's very much in touch. Until they get to the playoffs, mate. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. They are they are certainly entering a position right now for them that is not where they would like to be. They are not in the form that they would like to be. And you can see they're struggling to figure it out. I they would agree with that. They struggled mightily against the LA Galaxy in that first 45 minutes. And the LA Galaxy, like it or not, are not that upper echelon team that should be causing Seattle a problem. No, but they're the type of team that always figure out 
how to figure it out. They're totally different than they were, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, they're just, they're just a completely different animal now, you know, and they've got that pedigree now and they've got the MLS cups behind them and they've got a little bit of that arrogance and bravado that LA Galaxy used to have. They're, they're a veteran team and Bruce used to put together veteran teams. This LA Galaxy team right now is not veteran. They don't understand how they don't understand the effort level that you need to have game in game out to not only win, um, but to hold leads and then to understand when to be able to rest. They're not smart enough right. to do that, right? You, you talk about the football mind. They don't have that 100%, and you can tell they're not comfortable within Vanny's system. My my argument in the Sporting Kansas City game, because Greg came out and said, hey, um, we, I didn't set, you know, we didn't have the right setup going against Sporting Kansas City. We set up, we thought it would work, and it didn't work, and you know, because of that, it caused us a lot of problems. It is incumbent upon Greg Vanny, and I think he did it against Seattle, is not to worry right now about how the other team is going to set up. It's to set up the LA Galaxy in their most comfortable place. Because when they're comfortable, they're able to improvise and they're able to do things and the soccer gets better and they pass better and they're they're smarter within that system that they understand. If you start trying to ask them to do things they're not comfortable, they're not ready for that step yet. It's the Bill Belichick school of thought, isn't it? Just do your job. Yeah, yeah, it That's, is. That is his number one mantra. Just do your job. He does the rest. You just go out there and do your job. That, and here's what I want you to do. That's very Bruce Arena. I forget which player it was, but he's like, uh, he goes, I don't need you to be Clint Mathis. They I need you to, to be that. Kyle Martino. Exactly. You know, it's like you're Kyle Martino. Go be Kyle Martino. You know, I don't yeah. need you to be something you're not. Just be. You. And they used to say that about him. He's so pragmatic. I mean, look what the dude's doing at New England. <laughs> Destroying people. He's going to win coach of the year, by the way. He's going to win it all. Uh, yeah. I mean. We'll see. I'm not convinced. I think somebody from the West is going to knock them out. But I, I, I'm starting to believe that New England does make it to the MLS Cup. I just don't think that they are as good a team as if they played in the West, Sophie, they would not have won by 20 something points or whatever. And they still have a game remaining. It's ridiculous. They have so many points. <laughs> they, they, I tell you, if if uh, I don't know when he plans on. How old is Bruce now? Really old. Is he? Are you just saying that because I'm 50? No, no, he is really, he's he's an old dude. (laughs) He's got to be like 65, 65, 60. No, I'm aging him. He's not that old. Um, How old is Bruce, people? Let's see. No, I, Sophie, you would, you would, how old did you think he was? (laughs) Don't say it. I'm not going to know because I, I love Bruce. I said 65. Well, Bruce would love you for that. He would give you a hug if you said 65. He is 70 years old. Shut the front door. I'm serious. I'm wow. 100%. I am 100% 70 years old. So Bruce doesn't, I mean, you talk about how long he's going to be do this. It's shorter than how much he has behind him. That's for sure. You know, Man, he doesn't have another 20 years on him. He's never going to come back to LA Galaxy. That's over. That ship sailed. That that romance is, ending is done. It is done. Is done. Um, I mean, I want Greg to succeed. I think Greg's a smart coach. I think he's got a, he's got that contemporary vibe. Mm-hmm. I tell you a couple of things that worried me about him. I've told you in the, in when they're on the road, there seems to be a lack of connect, connectivity in terms of team things, right? Events. Uh huh. Um, and then towards the end, when they were having in that bad run of results, I could tell he was. And rightly so, stepping up and defending his players versus throwing people under the bus. And that is the real mark of a a manager who knows that there's a lot of work to do. But I think when you look at the league and managers that are around, I think 
I believe I still believe LA Galaxy have the right guy. He just has some wrong players. He, yeah, and he has to ferret those out and sort of you know tweak things and do a whole bunch of stuff. And he's going to get time to do that. I think that's the the big thing. Now, uh, I want to get to this bit mm-hmm. of news, and it was certainly one of our super chats asked, and I've been asked a lot about you. And I think we've been keeping you pretty up to date. But this was a surprise to me, um, and just people I talk to on a regular basis. This came sort of out of nowhere. Um, and I was surprised for that. I, I want everybody to understand that I try to really keep up on some of this stuff. Some of the stuff I am diligent about every single day. This was one of those things I was diligent about every single day. Uh, and then only to find out that, you know, two or three weeks ago, uh, the LA Galaxy did in fact exercise Dennis DeClosa's contract or his option. So he has an option year for 2022. And up until, you know, the middle of October, uh, the LA Galaxy had not exercised that option. So there was a lot of speculation that he was going to go. If you remember, we heard about the Houston Dynamo possibly being interested yeah. in Dennis. Well, around that time, and I think that there was a clause in the contract that said it had to be exercised by the middle of October. Around that time that Houston Dynamo were interested in Dennis DeClosa, the LA Galaxy exercised Dennis DeClosa's um, 2022 option. Now, everybody says, oh, that means he's going to be back next year. Not so fast. And I'd say pump the brakes on that. We know that. And what's the what's the actual name of the team? So I don't screw it up. Sophie, you say uh, Feyenoord. Feyenoord, who was in the Eredivisie in um, Holland. Uh, I think they're currently fourth um, in the league right now. Um, And so um, in that Eredivisie, this is Dennis DeClosa's home country. And I think that should not be that should not not be spoken about, right? That is something that would weigh huge Mm -hmm. in his mind about whether or not he would want to go. Um, And then it would be up to the LA Galaxy whether they release him from his contract if he wanted to go um, or if they made uh, the team he was going to pay for him in order to release him because he's under contract and they could do that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Having said all of that, I don't... I know the negotiations were slow. I know that they were non-existent at some point maybe the la galaxy thought that they didn't have to negotiate because they held an option and they could exercise it whenever they wanted um but you would think that there would be a plan for 2022 that was already set in place and in motion and ready to go um Mm. to me it just seems like it was slow and whether or not that relationship was soured because it was slow because there was uncertainty left up in that um then uh there's still a question about whether or not that relationship can carry forward, at least in my mind. That's my opinion, right? Do you think that they know what's happening and they're just waiting for the playoffs, either make the playoffs or see what roles uh, is? Do you, <sighs> I, w- I would love to say that I have this really smart answer about all that. I don't know because <laughs> in my mind, it made sense to keep the the continuity going, right? It made sense to have Dennis come back for a year. So that way Greg could have another year with Dennis. So that way they could sort of continue to try to build this team and have that. And if you replace him or if you give Greg Vanny both roles as the GM, which I'm more concerned about than, mm-hmm. than I think some people are. Um, some people say absolutely Greg Vanny, but I mean, you know, he's had input on the players so that he brought in the 17 that came in. He's he he continues to have input. Everybody always wants to pin a player to a certain like coach or a certain person like, oh, this is a dentist guy. This is a uh, uh, Ramiro uh, in our discord said it best. And he says, I imagine that somebody brings up and says, hey, we need this guy. I saw this guy play here and we've been looking through the scouting and we we located this guy. What does everybody think about this player or these three players or like this? It's a communal decision. It's hard to separate it from anybody. I'm sure somebody brings it up. Right. But ultimately, it's a communal decision where they're like, yeah, let's go see this guy. Let's go watch this guy. Let's go talk to this guy's agent to see if he's even interested. So um, I I don't know that the extension on the contract or the option on the contract being picked up gives us any sort of certainty that Dennis DeClosa is coming back next year. I don't have that assurance as of yet. 
Um, and so that's that's sort I of what think, we said. I think this club needs to get a bit ruthless. It's just not ruthless enough. It's you know, Dennis is a lovely guy. Right. There's a you know, he's I mean, Chris Klein. He's a lovely guy. Right. It's fun to talk to. Very nice man. Always lovely. always personally, I've always had very nice conversations with him. But just like kind of refreshing the PR department, sometimes they you need to refresh other parts of the team. And I think it might be time to do that. And Greg Vanny is so strong as a coach. You know, he's the right person for the job. He'll work with anybody. He's a smart guy. I, I, I agree. I, I would have less issue if I thought the LA Galaxy would move on from Dennis DeClosa and bring in another GM. I don't know that that's going to happen. And I worry that they might be like, well, we don't need a GM. We need somebody who's more focused on this part of the business. So they're not quite a GM. They're this vice president of blah, blah, blah. Just hire someone who's really good at scouting and recruiting players. That's all you need to do. Someone who's got relationships. Look, Dennis has done a really good job in certain certain aspects. You know, he's a he's he's had a great you know career. He's a very well respected guy. But sometimes, you know, it comes to a point where I mean, they've thrown the kitchen sink at this team this season. You know, last season, it's not like they've not been trying. They have. They've just made bad decisions. You can't keep up uh, for me, um, Josh, and maybe I'm being a bit hard. You can't have that many misses to the point where LA galaxy are not being prolific in the playoffs. You just can't. And they've had misses with GBS. That was time that we'll never get back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Never get back. Uh, Siggy Schmidt. That was a miss whenever Siggy came in and, and, and a lovely human being. Amazing amazing guy yeah uh, here's here's the problem with and i will say this uh, is that if you're looking for somebody that has connections around the world and understands the scouting part dennis really is one of the better people at that that you would consider for an mls job right that would come to mm -hmm. mls and do that okay True. the buy-in from the la galaxy in trying to improve that i i will tell you um how many coaches let's see uh, let's go after Bruce. So you go Anolfo, you go Siggy, Dominic Kinnear, although I, I won't speak for Dom. Um, but certainly for Anolfo and Siggy, two of their major points were that the scouting department was not built up the way that it was supposed to be. So we've, we've known that now since 2017, whenever Kurt Anolfo took over. Um, he said that. We know that Siggy Schmidt, whenever he took over for Kurt Anolfo, said the same thing and was trying to build that up. We know that Kurt Schmidt, Siggy's son, was part of that. And Kurt Schmidt is a very bright young up and coming guy who could be like a GM technical direction director. And I think he's working for Miami now um, in, in a different thing. So uh, again, it's, you can have the guys who know the things, Sophie, but if you don't have the commitment from the team to build out those things, it's not, you can't have one guy scouting anymore. This is, uh, this I is not about one. I agree. Listen, my team, I bring them up often because it's comparable Arsenal Football Club is Arsenal Football Club. It is still a big, big club. People mistake that for being a very bad Premier League team right now. LA Galaxy is a big club. They just haven't been as dominant or effective in the playoffs. Arsenal, what did they do, Josh? Bad player recruitment, Mustafi, Sogradis, um, Kalasinac, all these players and putting them on 120 grand a week. Right. And they're sitting there. They're not going to in these in this day and age, they're not going to walk away from con. We had to give them away for free. Yep. 
And what happened? The recruitment changed. The execs changed. Adu came in. You've got to make these changes in order to reignite a club. And you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. And I feel like the right manager's in place, but there need to be changes in other parts of the club. They've had enough opportunities. What, what's they the, have. What's the only positions that haven't been changed? Where? At Arsenal? Or no, at, no, at LA Galaxy. At, at, what are the only positions that haven't been well, changed I mean, in the Chris, upper chain? Chris, Chris Klein As is president, still there. Right. Yovan right? Karofsky is still there. Right? right. I mean, how long has Dennis been there now? Uh, this is year three. Three. Mm-hmm. Three years, you know. Like, what, what's, what has the team achieved in three years? Mm-hmm. Yep. No, they got they got to the playoffs in 2019. That was that was it. If right? you're going to be ruthless getting rid of a player, then it's not always the player's fault. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. It's not always. But I mean, that's that's where I'm getting at is that you, you know, we can keep talking about changing things. And for the most part, yes, you're right. You change things until you get it right. But also the change hurts every time, too, because it's a step backwards. There's not like whenever you change, you automatically step forward. Not 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 where well, not where L.A. Galaxy need it now. They got a manager who's strong. He's a he's got a core and a backbone. Yep. Under GBS, I would say absolutely be disaster. But with Vanny, he's got. So, He's so, not afraid to so, speak his mind so either. Invest in invest behind him, right? You need the guys that support him and do that stuff. And those are some of the positions that haven't been changed. That's absolutely hundred percent that have not been changed. So that's now that goes above even LA Galaxy level, right? That goes into AEG level because that's Dan Beckerman level, right? Because Chris Klein isn't going to fire himself, right? That's not how this works. <laughs> Eventually, somebody has to make a decision, right? And so. You're looking at the success and where it comes for these things. And if you're saying that, well, we've changed everything else, what's still there? What's still the problem? But also you have to realize that the person who's making that decision is at the absolute upper echelon of things, right? The absolute top. Dan Beckerman is the is the peak pyramid outside of Uncle Phil. Dan Beckerman has the most say on anything. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of times I, I'm sure that Dan likes to allow things to be operated by the people that he hires. Right. And by the people who are underneath him, which as an executive, you should. But eventually, mm-hmm. when things aren't working, the executive has to come down and be like, this isn't working. What are you doing? What are you trying to do? Let me help. Tim Laiwiki would not have sat there this long for this stuff. They're ruthless in 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 areas, right, or in their other businesses or whatever. Here's the scoop, Josh, and I'll leave it at this because I know you've got to go on to some other things before we check out. Mm-hmm. This is, to me, the tail end. Look, we could make the playoffs and go on a run. I've said to you before, if there's one team, a lot of teams aren't going to want to face in a one-off game, it's going to be LA Galaxy, right? And that's because of the coach and a couple of players, not because of everybody. But this is now the tail end of a few, even three years prior, five years of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. And if you're a five-star shirt, MLS, juggernaut, you cannot accept mediocrity, especially when other teams are moving around you. And you know what? Some of these expansion teams that have come through, they've got support behind them. They've got phenomenal in-stadium support. They've got marketing dollars. They are going to be making moves. They're going to be trying to catch up, right? LA Galaxy is off the pace and it's and it's a little bit like you know Manchester United. They're off the pace in the Premier League. They're they're still the juggernaut though of the Premier League. Right. But my goodness, have they haven't won a championship since Sir Alex Ferguson left? Yep. 
And I think it's gotten to that point where if you really want to, you know, protect your legacy, which I think the legacy lives on and on and on, it won't, it won't go away, but your fans are, you, you fans are, are, t- are turning away from you, this. You, you can't keep hanging on to, you know, we won championships in 2014. That can't be your, oh, well, we, you know, you can't always say, well, we have five championships. That can't be your answer to everything, right? The no. answer, the answer to that is, Almost, who cares about those championships? We're we're winning now. Now is whenever we're bringing this in, and there 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 hasn't been that. I will say this, and having said all that, that 2021 has been a good step forward from 2020, and we remember how horrible that was. And by the way, even if the LA Galaxy missed the playoffs, and with how jumbled it is right now, it's still a step forward because 2020 was an abject disaster. No, I think it's a disaster if LA Galaxy don't make the playoffs. You can and say you know that, what, Josh. I only use the rearview mirror to check my lipstick. Right. Need exactly the point. Yeah. Don't look back. Look forward. And no, I, I'm sorry, you, you Josh. Can't, you can't buy your way out disaster. of things. You can't buy no. your way out of things in Major League Soccer. Right. That doesn't happen. Now, the Galaxy certainly have tried. They have one of the highest payrolls in Major League Soccer this year. Right. Most of that reason is because they have three or four players who are still under contract who aren't on the team. Right. So they have 34 players on a 30 man roster and they're still paying for it. That's why we look at that. Right. Mm-hmm. But you have to take incremental steps. Even in 2009, whenever Bruce came in, it was an incremental step. Took over at the end of 2008. Now, they ended up going on a crazy run at the end of the season and ended up you know, getting into the playoffs and making it to an MLS Cup final. There's nothing saying this LA Galaxy team can't do the same, though they're certainly not the same level. Bruce turns things around faster than most people, right? But this is about turning the boat around, right? And if you, if you don't acknowledge that you've turned a corner, which right now the Galaxy have turned a corner from 2020, Things are, are trending in the upward direction. I, I agree, but turning the boat around for this team is getting into the playoffs. Otherwise, that boat has hit an iceberg. That's the level that they should be thinking. You cannot afford to not make the playoffs, especially when you go guns blazing with Chicharito. You make all the changes you do. Yes, but it's about winning games, and they have failed to win certain games this season as well as they've done compared to the the last year totally Josh I agree with you but for LA Galaxy to miss out on the playoffs um I don't think I I'm, think that's I, a huge the, failure the 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 goal this year was to get to the playoffs right and so obviously if they don't get to the playoffs then you miss it right and and I agree with that 100% your goal the the minimal goal the galaxy had for this season was to get to the playoffs everybody said that that's what everybody set as the goalposts for this season so I 100% agree you miss your goal if you don't get it. I'm just saying that even if by some weird thing happens, because right now there are five teams competing for three spots, right? If some weird thing happens where the Galaxy miss out, some ball goes off of Cabral's head and bounces back into the goal or something stupid like that, yeah. which, absolute, which absolutely <laughs> could happen, right? 100% could happen because this is soccer. Nothing is predictable about it. That's why you play the games. 100% happen. I'm saying that even with that, I'm I'm okay in terms of the steps forward that have been made. It's not a successful season. It's not a good season, but it's better than what it was last year where the team was almost a wooden spoon contender, right? If, and, if, if Arsenal don't make Europe this season after failing last season, it is a failure. That is a sackable offense for me. Mm-hmm. You and so, you, so do you fire Greg Vanny if he misses the playoffs? Arteta's been there two years. Greg Vanny's had one year. He gets okay. another shot. All right. Right? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in 100% is, agree. It's not him that deserves to be fired right now. It's other people because the recruitment for me has been average. Okay. 
and let's see what they do this off season. They've got on, they've got a wheel and deal, as we say in England. They, I mean, they really do. They've got to be so smart, so much smarter. Because, like you said, they're stuck into some of these contracts now. What they're going to do? They're going to get rid. They're going to they're going to get rid of Cabral. No, you're saying he, he's going to get another season. Of course, he's going to get. Yeah, he's, he has my to ruthlessness get would be get rid of him, bring in someone better. I wonder what that does to the salary cap, though, and and how that sort of and you're allowed to write off one contract, so I could see it. But that's a that's a pretty extreme step in Major League Soccer for that to have happen. Brilliant. Set the bar. Make moves. Be bold. All right, um, let's get to the LA Galaxy now. Um, and I want to get to all of the different options for them to get in the playoffs. We all talk about this game. We know it's a huge game for the LA Galaxy. Uh, winning in is the easiest way to start this. And, and look, let's look at the standings real quick in the Western Conference. All right, uh, you look at the LA Galaxy, 47 points right now sitting in seventh spot. That has dropped because of some of the midweek games and some of the other things that have happened. The Galaxy were at sixth at one point um, and sort of funneled down, I think, whenever Vancouver uh, jumped them uh, later after uh, after the, the weekend game. So the Galaxy sitting at 47, Vancouver at 48, Minnesota at 48, uh, Salt Lake City right now at 45, LAFC at 45. Those are the five teams now that are competing for the last three spots. All right. So uh, here is where you sit. Now, there's there's other things to sort of talk about. The only person or the only team that has anything locked up within this table is Portland. Portland is the number four team, regardless of what happens this weekend. Portland can not show up and forfeit the game and they would still be sitting in fourth. They can't go up. They can't go down. Nobody can jump them. It doesn't matter. Uh, they're not going to catch anybody in front of them. So Portland is the number four team. The number one team is Seattle at 59, Sporting Kansas City at 58, and Colorado at 58. All three of those teams can finish one, two, or three in those standings. So Colorado has everything to play for. Kansas City has everything to play for. And Seattle has everything to play for. All right. Then you go down into the games where the LA Galaxy will take on Minnesota, where Vancouver is in there. You have RSL and then you have LAFC creeping on the bottom. I have your playoff scenarios and we're 99.9% sure these are the only scenarios of which the LA Galaxy can make the playoffs. We already talked about the first one and the first one is very easy, which is the Galaxy beat Minnesota. That's the easiest one, Sophie. Just make it I like that. Make it easy. You beat the you beat Minnesota um, and then you uh, you get in. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter if somebody scores a million goals in the other game. It does not matter what happens. The LA Galaxy, if they win um, against, Min against Minnesota, they will be in the playoffs. All right. So that's the easy one. Let's go to what happens. Um, could the LA Galaxy draw or lose to Minnesota and still make it in? And the answer is yes. The LA Galaxy can draw or lose to Minnesota and uh, and get in if um, let's see. Let's let's make sure I say it right. Galaxy draw or lose to Minnesota and Real Salt Lake draws or loses to Sporting Kansas City and LAFC draws or loses to Colorado. So you need help in this scenario if you draw or lose to Minnesota. Real Salt Lake has to drop points and LAFC has to drop points because if they get a win um, on either of those, they could go over and jump the LA Galaxy. Uh, there's something important to know about tiebreakers. The LA Galaxy will lose a tiebreaker with LAFC and they will lose a tiebreaker to Real Salt Lake. That first tiebreaker is wins. The second tiebreaker is goal differential. If you go into those and those teams are tied, I think the LA Galaxy uh, beat RSL on... Um, hold on, I actually wrote it down because it, uh, it was so important for all of these different things I was going through. Um, if I look at tiebreakers, Galaxy lose tiebreakers to RSL on wins. 
All right, RSL would have one more win, and LAFC, they would lose two. They'd have the same number of wins, but they'd lose two on goal differential. So that's the tiebreaker there. The LA Galaxy would, however, hold a tiebreaker against Vancouver, who's right above them. So if the Galaxy draw with Minnesota, <laughs> this is the most complicated one. But to be honest with you, if I'm sitting there and saying, is it likely if you sort of go off the better teams and whether they're playing at home and like the different things, this is still very much in play. If the Galaxy draw with Minnesota, and Vancouver loses to Seattle and either RSL draws or loses to Sporting Kansas City or LAFC draws or loses to Colorado, then the Galaxy would also make the playoffs. All right. Who has a headache? It's, uh, it's <laughs> this, you, you don't even want to know how long it took me to figure all this stuff out because it is a nightmare trying to figure out the different ones. Now, Sophie, if you're going to ask me what position would the Galaxy finish in any of these things, I have no idea because at that point, it is absolutely a toss-up. We know the Galaxy can finish as high as fifth, finish as low as ninth, um, and that goes for most of the teams that are down below. They could they have like a range of three or four positions that they could bring in of where they could finish. So, Josh, yeah. they haven't been under the line all season, right? They have not been below the line the entire season. They've been seventh or higher the entire season. So, there is a scenario, Sophie, that you were talking about to which the L.A. Galaxy will have been above the playoff line for 33 out of 34 games. And after the 34 game, 34th game is played, they could be below the line. That is absolutely true. So, yes, yes. And, and it is. And hey, but you know what? The, the bottom line here is that if they win and they beat Minnesota, something they are capable of doing, that there's no problems here, that it's easy, that you don't have to do any of the math. You don't have to worry about anything. Just win the game. Just win the game. It's very simple, right? Um, yes. The LA Galaxy. Hopefully, it will be that simple. <laughs> the LA Galaxy, by the way, Sophie, in their uh, last nine season finales, right? The last game of the season, also known as Decision Day now, but it wasn't always. Mm -hmm. So since 2012, the LA Galaxy are one, six, and two. One win, six losses, two draws in the season finale. That one win that they got was in 2012. Just to keep you in mind, there, Larry Morgan went a little bit deeper on that just because we wanted to see what it would take for the LA Galaxy in wins at home in their final home finale of mm -hmm. the season. So the Galaxy are playing at home. So Gal so uh, Larry Morgan, our wonderful research st staff, looked at this and said, since 2014, the Galaxy are one, three, and two in home season finales and have been outscored 13 to 11. Am I making people nervous yet? You should be because these are real stats that have come about. Now, I will say some of those years, Sophie, the LA Galaxy had the playoffs wrapped up and it wasn't a big deal, right? If you're talking about 2012, the LA Galaxy... So Halloween was last weekend. <laughs> I, Just... I'm not supposed to be scaring people like this. Um, the, wow. Uh, the... Those are damning stats, by the way, on the last game of the season. It, you know, again, and it's one of those... Somebody said it, you know, oh, it's Fan Appreciation Day. There's zero chance the Galaxy went on Fan Appreciation Day. And they haven't for a while. Whenever it's the last game of the season, Fan Appreciation Day, it doesn't always come no, out. No, come on. You know, so those are those are exactly where um, where you're at. Um, so just keep that in mind as we go through all of these different things and, and where we're at with the LA galaxy and, and sort of how they're going. I should remind everybody there is a call scheduled for Friday, um, Friday afternoon. Uh, and that will be Greg Vanny updating everybody ahead of the game on Sunday. Also a reminder that on Sunday, all of the games, every single one of the games that are in the Western conference 
and before that, the Eastern Conference. But every single one of those games will be played and kicked off at the exact same time. So the Western Conference on Sunday will kick off at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. Um, all of those games in the Western Conference, all 14 teams for the for the Eastern Conference, I should say, kick off at exactly the same time at 12.30 p.m. Whenever you go to the Western Conference, every single game will, um, quote unquote, kick off at 3 p.m. It's actually 3.25 is when the kickoff will actually start. So at 3.25 p.m., they will have every single game start at the same time. So uh, if you're on your phone, you look for the live standings. Uh, if you're at the stadium and you can go through and refresh that and keep an eye on where the LA Galaxy drop. This will be the most exciting, the most chaotic, the most ridiculous day in MLS history because there are five teams that have an ability to make the playoffs for the last three spots and the top three are all battling for the number one position at the same time. Uh, there are two games that you don't have to pay any attention to whatsoever. Um, there's a San Jose game. I'm trying to pull out my chart again. Um, Dallas. But, Dal yeah, San Jose played Dallas, right? Yep. Yeah. San, San Jose played Dallas, which is a game you don't need to watch and nobody cares. And then and Vancouver, Seattle. Oh, no, it's Portland. No, no, no. It's Portland yeah. and Austin because Austin, Portland yeah. can't go anywhere and Austin's eliminated, right? Yeah. So those are the games that you don't have to worry about. Portland and Austin are, are not there. Um, and then San Jose and Dallas, you don't have to worry about. So that means there are four games that you're watching to sort of figure out where things are going to go. And if you're the LA Galaxy, the LAFC game and the RSL games are the most important ones to watch because depending on what they do, even if the Galaxy lose, they could technically still make the playoffs. Okay, there you go. That'll <laughs> do you be need fun. A glass? Do you need a sip of water? I've been looking <laughs> no. at this stuff all day, so I am... Well done well done to you and Larry, not on Twitter, yes. um, for pulling all of that together. What scenarios? And of course, uh, the, that's because of betting that everyone kicks off at the, the same time too, as well, make sure everything's copacetic. I tell you, Josh, you know how... And I'm, I don't want to harp on... The, I'll be 30 seconds on this one. In certain games, you knew Zlatan could pull anything out of the bag at any given time, and he did, right? Right. You knew that Robbie Keane could do that. Landon could do that, right? Um, Chicharito can do that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Alvarez, Alvarez could play a part and do something crazy like that. Araujo can help assist do something like that. But it's going to come down to, this is the game, these are the games where individual brilliance, a moment where someone does something that wins the game. And Chicharito's the guy that has to be that guy. The way Zlatan was, was in those games against LAFC, you know, in those moments, some of these plays, Robbie Keane, that's what's going to, that's what is going to be needed against Minnesota. Because they're they're a good team. Yeah, yeah, they, and they, they, are. They, they can cause all sorts of problems, Josh. And it's not and there's no skipping missing chance that you cannot miss any chances in this match. They're gonna they they can't go behind. You can't have that in the back of your mind because then you get desperate and it's a desperate game. But you don't want to play desperate football. Yeah, it's so important that they get the early goal or the first goal. First goal. But a moment of brilliance is going to be needed in this match. First goal is so huge for the LA Galaxy. You saw it against Seattle, quite honestly. The ability to play your game whenever you score the first goal. The ability to be in a position of comfort for a little while when you score the first goal. To have that little bit of buffer. I'll tell you right now, Minnesota can get into the playoffs with a tie. Right. So understand that. So whenever yeah. so whenever it's in the 85th minute and the score is zero, zero or one, one, understand that Minnesota is going to do everything they can to just slow the game down and do that. And if you're the L.A. Galaxy, you can't allow them to do that. Right. So, no, you don't have to. It, you know, this is um, Romero had the best 
argument or, or the best description of this game. Uh, this is technically not a must-win game, but it's also a must-win game because technicality, you may have to win in order to get in, right? So mm-hmm. we, I always say don't call a must-win game unless it's absolutely 100% a must-win. Well, this is the Schrodinger's cat of, of, of must-win games. It's both a must-win game and not a must-win game, but you won't know until you're playing it whether or not it's a must-win game depending on what's happening around you. So you have to, so it, it's very simple for the, for the players. It's a must-win game. This is a must-win game. Let's not sugarcoat it. It's a must-win game. They've got to come out fast, fearless. Go 2-0 up early. Like, put them uh, put them under the cosh early. Start fast. You know, that's how this team has got to play. Get a couple goals. Get them early. Don't sit on them, you know. And I think that's going to be the best way for this team to, to really kind of get control of the match. They cannot allow it to happen the other way. They've got to start fast. They've got to start fearless, Josh. Yeah, and and by the way, that's the best way that they play anyway is to come out yes. fast and and to put pressure on and put waves on and be in control and to try and drive um you know the 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 possession out of the other team. So I see that. If you go back and look at the uh, the LA Galaxy's last three matches against uh, Minnesota, the only win by the way, the only win that Minnesota has ever had against the LA Galaxy came back in September. Um, that was when the Galaxy went to Minnesota and lost three um, nothing. Outside of that, LA Galaxy had won one nothing earlier in the season um, at Minnesota, and then the LA Galaxy had one at home back in 2019 against Minnesota two to one. This is a team absolutely that the LA galaxy can beat. Um, They've proven that already this year. And so those are the important things to sort of look. There is some comfort, I think, with this L.A. Galaxy team and what they're going up against in in Minnesota. Um, For me, Minnesota, an extremely dangerous team, especially whenever you Mm -hmm. look at Reynoso. Right. But we all know Reynoso has a left foot. Everybody on the LA Galaxy should know that Reynoso has a left foot. If you remember Greg Vanny talking after the Galaxy had lost to Minnesota, he goes, well, of course Reynoso is going to like move on his left foot. And that was a game where they had struck two balls, Reynoso did, out from outside the box. I think Minnesota scored two twice from outside twice. the box. And it was one of those, well, it's like left, good left-footed player goes to left foot. Like, you know, it's one of those, like, duh, don't let him cut inside. So I think that um, if we give the LA Galaxy enough credit for learning from mistakes, right, that they know what to expect from Reynoso. They know what to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's really, uh, you know, a, a reason that I think the LA Galaxy should have relatively easy job of taking Minnesota. It's not going to be easy because Minnesota wants to win and get in the playoffs. But having said that, the Galaxy are not going to be out of their depth in this game. There's no reason Minnesota should scare them. No. Josh, who are you playing at left back? Oh, I mean, in a perfect world for me, I would go back to my three-man back line idea and move Hamiline and then Rajo. He's not going to do that in this no, match, though, I know, is he? No, no. I, you said it earlier, but not. I, I don't see him doing that for this game. I don't. I don't see it either. And again, I don't know that I would do it either in this particular thing. I, I honestly have to look at Viafania and see if Viafania is ready. And if he's ready, then I, you might have to. The, here's the problem. You know, Fisher's not the answer. You know, Hamilton's not the answer. So you know, putting putting. Uh, you know, via Fania in there, it's a huge risk. But I mean, do you, your only other option is to start Hamline in there. So if you're comfortable and you look at who Minnesota attacks with on the right hand side and you figure that Hamline isn't in some, some supreme danger, which, by the way, the goals came from that left side. Um, and cutting in and across the top of the box. So the Williams and whoever that left back is um, the last time the Galaxy played Minnesota. If you look at that as sort of the blueprint, then you know that there's going to be pressure there. So do you mm-hmm. go for the best possible defender that you have at that position? And that answer is via Fania, or it should be. 
but he that would be one of those Sophie, you'd have to see him in training to understand yeah. whether or not it, you were going to go that I mean way. it would be it would be a risk but that would be my choice if he's fit because I tell you that guy will give his he, he'll die on the sword in that match he's the guy that will give you 150% and worst case scenario what do you do you sub him do you that's the risk that you yeah. you have to take a risk somewhere in this lineup yeah. with this game yep and that's where it's, it a cal- is. it's a calculated risk, though, because, you know, his quality is better than the other two options. Even if he can give you 60 minutes, you put him in that minutes. position, right? Even I mean, if he can give you a half, yes. I'll tell you, I'd, I'd do it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, if you look, the one big <laughs> thing, obviously, for uh, Minnesota right now is that Ozzy Alonso is suspended. So he will not be in the center of midfield, which he is a bulldog in the center of midfield, has been forever, was whenever he played for Seattle, certainly is whenever he plays for Minnesota. He's getting a little long in the tooth, so he's not as effective as he once was. But him not being there is still a good good thing for the LA Galaxy. He's suspended mm-hmm. due to yellow card accumulation. The LA Galaxy have no suspensions that I know of, and that includes technical staff, so they have everybody. And as far as the injury report, Sophie, we don't get to say this very long. First of all, let me tell you, they're absolutely injured LA Galaxy players. We know this 100% because we can tell they're all aching from, from 33 games of soccer across a very short period of time in some cases. Um, but having said that, the injury report right now is none. There are no players on injury for the LA Galaxy. So that's something. That's something. I mean, there is nobody. There is nobody who's out. We know that. We know that Vasquez probably is playing with something. We know that Jonathan Dos Santos is probably playing with something. Um, I think that Chicharito is definitely playing with something. Uh, so you know, little knocks. Little, the Jets little, played a lot of football this season with the U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah, I wouldn't um, be surprised to hear that he's been playing with like a you know yep. a hamstring issue that's been bothering him for most totally. of the second half of the season or that type of thing. So totally. um, Minnesota played on Sunday. The Galaxy played mm-hmm. on Monday night. That's not really an advantage with five days in between. So it, that doesn't do anything for me. If anything, it evens up whenever you realize Minnesota travels out to Los Angeles to play. Right. Um, they'll have to travel on Saturday. So that's normal. But maybe they'll travel a little earlier in the day on Saturday because they're going to play at three o'clock on a Sunday. So um, all things being equal, Sophie, I have no reasons for the LA Galaxy not to win this game. They have the ability. They have the player personnel. They have the advantages where I see most of this stuff. Reynoso is the the wild card, though. If they let him get into space and let him get shots off, he will do what he did to them last time, which is score from outside the box and cause all sorts of problems. Yeah, um, I agree. But hopefully Bondi will have another lights out match. That's the midfield. That's- that this is this is where the LA Galaxy live and die and have for most of the season is what is that midfield going to do? Is Jonathan Dos Santos going to step up and play that game? Is Ryan Revelison going to step up and play the game? Is Victor Vasquez, if he's called on, Sasha Kleschen, no. Sebastian Legette, those guys, who is going to make the play in the midfield? Because that midfield has been basically the pivot point for whether the LA Galaxy are good or whether they're bad. And when Vasquez's jo- legs have gone. Yeah. And so, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him like in the last 20 minutes or that type of Brilliant. thing, you know, Perfect. And, and that works for me. Like same with Sasha question. You can't ask him to go 90 minutes. If you, 100%. if he was younger, you would start Sasha question in the midfield in a second, right? Same with Every Victor Vasquez, right? It's like if they were younger and they had it, you could do it. Um, but that's not the case. Here is the deal. Uh, Greg Vanny basically said, you know, you have the playoffs. They start on Sunday because it's one game. And if you lose, you're out. And if you win, you're in. Right. Um, so this starts now. They've been saying they've been playing finals for like the last two months. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. Kickoff 325 p.m. L.A. Galaxy versus Minnesota. Dignity Health Sports Park. All the gates to the stadium open, I think, at 1.30 p.m. to get into the stadium. I don't know outside. You'd have to 
check and look at that. Uh, it is Fan Appreciation Day, so you can go there. I think season ticket holders can get a beer on the berm. Um, so check that out on your season ticket member uh, mm. email. I, usually there's some some codes and discounts that you can get at uh, at the stores and stuff like that. So check that out as well. Um, but this is the one. Find some friends and you bring them to this game. Uh, I think that there's no reason for Galaxy fans not to feel optimistic to get into this game. Um, there's no reason that LA Galaxy fans should fear this game. Uh, and it's up to the LA Galaxy players to reestablish some faith in this team that they can win big games. Uh, up to this point, Seattle was one of their biggest games that they played, and they showed up in that game, uh, at least for 45 minutes and certainly battled in the second half and on the road. You can take that. You can take that that uh, performance. Uh, that being said, you're at home, Sophie, a place where the Galaxy have underperformed this year. They're actually technically better. They have overperformed slightly on the road in terms of their average, right? The mm -hmm. average across all the seasons. They've been a little bit better on the road. They've been a little bit worse at home. If you look at the distribution and points, they've actually struggled a little bit at home. That being said, uh, the LA Galaxy are, I want to make sure I get it right, are 8-4-4. Four, and four. So 12 times out of, you know, out of the 16 games that you've seen at home so far, the LA Galaxy have walked away with points. Um, that's a that's an optimistic look whenever you look and think that the LA Galaxy probably should have won a couple more of those games. Probably two or three more of those games should be wins and not draws, or one of those losses probably should be flipped as well. Uh, that being said, there's no reason that you can't that you shouldn't expect the LA Galaxy to win this game. And if they don't, um, and somehow you'll have to see how the results go back. So again, uh, I'll do my best on Twitter to tell you where the LA Galaxy are and where things change. And as they change and the live standings, as soon as the games go live, everybody will get one point because they're all draws. So understand that on the live standings, that's how it works, right? It's going to be crazy, Sophie. It's going to be crazy. Uh, it is going to be crazy. And we're going to be there, which is going to be unbelievable. And I have faith the fans will show up. And I tell you, if they get through this game, the fans will be with them for the next and they will go on that journey with them. But they've got a lot to prove. They've got to get through this game. And I think everyone jumps back on board. I fancy it for all the things I've said. I've always been consistent on this show and said in one off type games, there are a lot of teams that aren't going to want to play this side. I don't know why that is because they're not as good as they were in those one-off games, but I just fancy it. And I, I'm going to, I'm ready to eat my humble pie. I fancy Chicharito only because of him. Right. Mm -hmm. I think he could, this is the kind of game where he could get a hat trick yeah. and really set stuff on fire. Well, and if this he, is, this is his game. And if he did the, that, if he did that, by the way, and nothing else moved across the league, right? Let's say none of the other top goal scorers would do it. He would be tied with the golden boot. He is only three goals away from the golden boot, despite having played eight less games than some guys and 10 or 12 games less than other guys. So um, it's a chart I didn't get to put up, but I just want to put it up real quick. Um, and again, it's it's not the same and I don't want to say it, but right now Chicharito is basically around Landon Donovan level. Landon Donovan's best uh, year for the LA Galaxy was when he scored 20 goals in 2008. Uh, he had 107. He averaged a goal every 107 minutes. Chicharito right now is averaging a goal every 110 minutes. Just to give you an idea um, of what he's basically averaging 0.75 goals per game. But as we've seen, Sophie, certainly at the beginning of the year, uh, if Chicharito can knock one in, or in at the beginning, he has a couple more that could be coming. Josh, yes. give him the ball. Yes. Give him the ball Feed in him. the six-yard box, and he will finish. Just pass the ball properly to his feet, to his head. Give him the ball. 
I, and he will score. He he's he's going he is going to be see that's one of the reasons I didn't mind the the uh the advertisement by him saying come to this because that's who he is. Did you hear Sasha Kleshin by the way? <laughs> Sasha Kleshin did a Chicharito impression that was like hysterical. Uh he did it on one of the Galaxy videos and he's like he's like do your best who has the best Chicharito impression and and Sasha Kleshin's like holding up this like this face of uh, of him I think. That's uh, hilarious. And he's and he's like how are you doing? He he's like hey Chicha how are you doing? Oh man I'm doing so great. How are you doing? You know like that type of thing and it was classic and that is that's Chicha Chicha's like give me the ball I'm ready to score some goals are you guys ready to do some goals I want to score some goals let's go you know like he's that constant constant funny. Guys. so so yeah. it's a it's yeah. it's a good one we'll see for, uh, for Chicharito it's like he can make all the videos in the world he knows he's ready for he's I tell you if there's going to be a player who's ready for this it's him it's him and if he plays well, the Galaxy will win this game. And it yes, won't even 100%. be hard. And by the way, if he plays well and all of a sudden he gets on a little tear and he decides that he's going to score a whole bunch of goals. Yes. Um, and even if he even if he scores like three goals in this game and even if he scores two goals in the next game in the playoffs and the Galaxy beat whoever they're supposed to be playing and whenever it happens, um, all of a sudden now everybody's worried about him. And if you're worried about him, everybody else gets open. And we saw that at the beginning of this season. Um, yeah. So, so that's I'm not worried me. about scoring goals in this game. Defending. I'm worried about defending right it's a little bit like um when patrick mahomes puts up 45 points and then he loses the game by 46 to 45 because his defense has given up 46 points i mean come on you know so best defense best defense for the la galaxy at least projected right now in the last four years just fyi Hey, that's a great, that's great. But the, the it's, last it's four years are not a barometer it, well, to I, be proud of. Like it's no, been poor. No, but again, we have to look at things in terms of, okay, are we, is it getting better or is it getting worse? Sure. Right. And but so for, for this type of team, that's not good enough hey, because Chris, it's just not been good enough. Christian is asking if, uh, Sophie, if you have a, a PO box or something that he could send his COGs. Hey, Christian, send me an email. I'll give you an address and I will make sure that Sophie gets the scarf and signs it and we'll send it back to you. Oh, All right? wonderful. We can do that. No problems. We can make that happen. Yeah. And if you're at the game, we'll say hi as well. So yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. So I'll be down there at halftime and a whole bunch of things. All right. LA Galaxy kickoff uh, against, uh, against Minnesota United, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific time. The game's on Fox Sports 1 and Fox Deportes. That's where you can find it. Uh, huge game for the LA Galaxy. Win and you're in and a whole bunch of other things that could happen. Uh, so just sort of keep your eye. If things start to go sideways, you're going to want to watch those uh, those standings as they roll away. All right, so if anything else that you want to talk about? I think I've said enough. All you know, right. I haven't really kept my uh, my mouth uh, uh, shut uh, this evening. But listen... That's, that's why everybody it, likes you in the chat room. We, we just want to win and... Yeah, I'll take winning ugly because sometimes winning ugly is beautiful, Josh. Hey, just they, win, baby. They all count just as win. they all count as three. So tell people where they can find you. Uh, at Highbury Squad on YouTube and Twitter. Um, if you like a little bit of Premier League uh, chat, and uh, at Soccer Diva on Twitter as well. Thanks, everyone. Chat has been on fire. Super smart listeners, Josh, and your charts are off the charts oh. once again. Oh, thank you, Sophie. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our writing, all of our soccer stuff is right there for you all the time. Cornerofthegalaxy.com, our YouTube station, iTunes, all that fun stuff is right there for you. So check it out. All right, that about does it for Miss Sophie DeCan and Nicolau. I'm Josh Pato. Guess when you've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. We will see you out there on Sunday. Good luck, everybody. See ya. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. 
And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.